All right, good morning, folks. We're looking at an April 13th, 2023 date. So much has been happening, so we're going to get tapped in right here early this morning. I appreciate everyone for joining me. Everything is over at my website, ZachRector.com, if you're looking to get in touch. We're looking at a 30,250 Bitcoin, 1999 for our Ethereum, and a 51 cent XRP. This thing's been chopping sideways. You can see building support right at about that 50 cent level. That's a beautiful site right there, building support at the 50 cent level, watching it closely. Now let's move right on in. Current events, cryptocurrency, and the greatest transfer of wealth in world history. I am your host, Zach Rector. Please do me a favor and smash that thumbs up. CNN primetime viewership. We're going to start off by making a little statement, a little, uh, you know, plea to the media to get your game up, please. Get caught up to speed here because we're moving quickly and we are moving without you. As Rosie Rio says, the train has left the station. It's not just in regards to cryptocurrency. It's about moving into a new new world here where Elon the Musk's little Twitter space is going to outperform CNN primetime uh, by, what is that, four or five-fold? CNN primetime viewership, 587,000. Elon the Musk Twitter space listeners, 2.5 million. The mainstream media is dead. May they rest in peace. And Kim.com chimes in, six things the BBC learned. Don't F with a genius. Don't send an intern. Prepare for the interview. Never do spaces again. Instruct the staff to like the BBC. Focus on animal documentaries. So he's uh, throwing a little joke at them. Now, here's the thing. Um, <clears throat> this is beautiful. This plays right into our book. Uh, what we've been talking about here for so long is that People are fed up. They want the truth. And that's why you guys keep on coming back to my platform. And I try to put it together, not just talking about the cryptocurrency, but talking about the crypto uh, current events, why it matters to us, how we can position ourselves accordingly and take advantage of this opportunity while the masses get distracted. Now, thankfully, fewer and fewer masses are being distracted and they're actually coming to the Twitter spaces. They're actually coming to free speech platforms. And that is a positive sign. But let's get right on into the economic data because it's moving quick, guys. Summary of the Fed minutes yesterday got released. Fed officials lowered their target interest rate due to the banking crisis. So they're a little worried about this banking crisis. Several officials considering pausing rate hikes in March. Fed projects mild recession starting in 2023. Remember, this is a mild recession. Guys, no reason to worry yet. It's just going to be a mild one. Kind of like that transitory inflation. All officials backed 25 basis points uh, hike in March, and the U.S. government ran a $378 billion deficit in March. The Fed knows they finally broke something, and they sure did. And that's the crazy thing that we've been talking about, right, is if they just leave it as is now, this thing's bust, and it's going to be breaking for a while, right? Because they've already done the damage. They've already put some things in motion by raising the rates, doing some quantitative tightening. The banking crisis, you, you know, they unwound some of that tightening, started to add back to their balance sheet, but now they're continuing to do the quantity of tightening. Now, it's all relative, though, and the main thing that I want to say is that they confuse the average listener with all these different terms, with all these different ways that we calculate this and that, and all these different economic data points, and they try to really overcomplicate it. It's very simple. They had it at 0% interest rate for years, essentially. You could borrow for nothing, right? And then if you look at the money supply, the, the chart for the money supply and the CPI are the same chart. They're, and, and it's just that. 
we don't have to overcomplicate it like they always try to do. They try to add all this nuance. They try to confuse you with the facts. They recalculate how they calculate the CPI. They, they, they change how they calculate the data. And so this is what we're dealing with. The Fed since 2021, and huge shout out to Kobesi Letter. If you haven't already, make sure you follow him on Twitter. January 2021, the Fed says inflation is transitory and a recession won't happen. May 2021, recession is unlikely. December 21, inflation is not transitory, but recession won't happen. May 2022, recession may be needed to lower inflation. And remember, last year, we met the technical definition of a recession. They just wouldn't admit it. December 2022, disinflation started, no recession. Now, mild recession to begin in 2023. So is mild recession the new inflation is transitory from the Fed? Good question. March PPI inflation yesterday came in at 2.7%, or this was this morning actually. PPI inflation hits 2.7% below expectations of 3%. Core PPI inflation came in at 3.4% in line with expectations. And PPI inflation fell from 4.9% to 2.7% or 220 basis points in one month. This is the largest monthly drop since inflation peaked in 2022. So they definitely have broke it. And you're starting to see that reflected in the CPI lie, in the PPI lie, all this manipulated data. You're starting to see that reflected. <clears throat> but once again, they've already done enough damage to break this thing. And it's going to continue to break even if they just pause rate hikes, right? If they just pause rate hikes and they don't do any more liquidity injections, you're going to continue to see things break. Now, everybody's waiting for the Fed pivot, the trillion dollar question. When are they going to do it? Does anybody trust them? I don't think so. Uh, like them saying that we're now going to have a mild recession. To me, that says you guys are dead. That, that's that's what I take from that is you guys are done. You guys are toast. You, you're going to go bust. But, you, you know, take it for what it's worth. And once again, I just continue to stack the assets that position us accordingly. If they send, if, if they pivot and assets are going to go again, we're positioned perfectly, right? Cryptos are going to go. Everything that we hold is going to go. Silver going to go, right? Uh, if they keep it like this and they continue to break the system, well, then people continue to go to the alternatives, right? If the system's continuing to break with what little funds they have left, they're seeking out alternatives. That's why we've seen Bitcoin go up to 30,000 here recently. And you're seeing that uh, gold and silver breaking out as well. Now, quick two points here on the precious metals from JC. Tomorrow's presumably ugly retail sales miss could be the nail in the coffin for the FOMC's tightening cycle. That's right. So we're going to get the retail sales tomorrow. That'll get us uh, an idea of where the consumer is at with their spending. Jobless claims are soaring. Silver is about to explode as it pushes through long-term resistance. Hashtag silver squeeze, folks. I am just seeing report after report. Minimums going up. Premiums going up. Supply getting drained from the vaults. And you guys are seeing um, that just continue on a daily basis. So you know, we're looking at analysis like this that gets me excited. But once again, I've been holding silver regardless of the gains because I like just having an offline asset. I like having blackout barter. I like when my banking app's down, when the internet's down, this shiny little object can still get me something potentially. And so that's why I keep it. But there's predictions right here I'm about to show you for $300 silver. Check it out. Now, this is from Peter Croth. And I actually got to meet Peter up in Vancouver at the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference. He's the author of The Great Silver Bull. 
And um, I actually had a good conversation with him. I got to connect with him again and maybe get him on my show. But he retweets this guy and he says, lines up nicely with my $300 silver target. And so this person here is a commodities TA guy. He says, the long-standing silver roadmap is still showing the way. This reminds me of the XRP charts, right? The, the God candle, the Atlas line, uh, all the different terms. The long-standing silver roadmap is still showing the way. It had a perfect back test last year, now a quarterly breakout in the making above the blue bull flag. Price objective, $370. Can briefly go much higher at the end of the bull. The far-fetched will soon be the new normal. You know, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm, right, I'm not here to make a prediction on that. Um, I'm here for it, and uh, that would be beautiful. Most of my entry on silver is under 30 bucks, even after I paid the premium. And now, like I said, you can't even find an ounce of silver for less than, you know, 30 uh, bucks at all. And you'd be lucky to get one under 40 bucks an ounce right now, US dollars. And so you're starting to see the premiums go up. The minimums that they want you to buy are going up. And that's because their phone's ringing off the hook. I was talking with my good friend, Andy Sheckman. They they can barely get to everyone. I, I mean, 20,000 new customers within the last like month or something. Uh, they got just since the start of this year, they've received as much clients as they would in two years. So the demand is there and our community is part of that. Uh, you guys can see, I'll put the link on down for my website. Just head on over to my website, get in touch with them and they will get the metal shipped directly to you. And we can also help you roll over your 401k retirement account as, as well. Now let's get into the crypto update guys. If you haven't already, please smash that thumbs up for me. Okay, so we're going to start out with this one from Digital Asset Investor, folks. We got some fun stuff here. We got some fun stuff here. Okay, here we go. Digital Asset Investor, warning, pay attention. Those who fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Quote from Winston Churchill. Backed. Warren Buffett warned about the dot-com bubble in 1999. He was laughed at by the new upstart millionaires with their Lambos. In 2000, it all collapsed. Fact. He's warning about Bitcoin now. Fact. The feds know who Satoshi is and have continued to let the world think that they don't. Why? Fact. CNBC showed Buffett's dot-com warnings in 1999. They're showing Bitcoin warnings now. Bitcoin feels like the setup of setups. Who would win if it was? Government. They would hold up its failure as the reason decentralization won't work. Now, what's funny about this, I have two points to share in regards to my mentor, Dan Pena. First off, he says that if we found out who the creator of Bitcoin was, it would drop to zero in an instant, right? Now, he's also said that, you know, Russia, Putin was kind of behind it. Um, I, you know, the old man says some crazy things, but he's been right about so much. So I listened to every word he says. The other thing, though, that fascinates me is that he said, um, I went and actually uh, listened to Dan speak last year in Omaha, Nebraska, and he went to Omaha last year because he was going to Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway meeting, his annual meeting. And I'll never forget this story. He was telling me that Warren had uh, off-duty military, police, law enforcement guys uh, all throughout the, the, the meeting, every 50 feet, automatic machine guns ready to take out anybody who tried to come at the Oracle of Omaha because oh, Warren Buffett, they they portray him as this big Santa Claus, big nice guy, right? 
just a good little investor guy. He's he's ruthless behind the scenes. It was what Dan says. But I find it interesting because nobody wants to listen to what he had to say back then in regards to the dot-com bubble. Nobody, you know, we make fun of him for bashing on Bitcoin. Oh, the old guy's bashing on Bitcoin again, blah, blah, blah. But does he know something that we don't? Right. And and regardless, I mean, he's making his money. He's made all of his money, regardless of what we thought about him. But I just find uh, it, it funny that once again, we have Warren Buffett here, uh, you know, warning about this, warned about the dot com bubble, even though one of his best performing stocks that his company holds is Apple. Right. Um, you know, it's funny. It, and, and the other thing to point out, too, is that Warren Buffett added to his Bank of America position. And he most recently just dropped his position in the largest semiconductor manufacturer in Taiwan. It's like Taiwan Semiconductors, I think is the company's name. Don't you guys can correct me in the comments there. So he's been making some interesting moves, right? And obviously Warren Buffett's tapped in at the very top. So he says that it's just the gambler's coin, Bitcoin. I think that, you know, that is kind of true in regards to Bitcoin, but there's a whole other side of this conversation in regards to DLT utility and the actual utility that this world will run on. And I will tell you right now, guys, I had a very, very interesting conversation with a friend last night. And I'm, uh, you guys probably know him, Jacob Cleaver. Um, Jake is about to come on my show and we're about to go through some stuff that's very interesting. I'm just going to leave it at that for now. Um, I, I've been asked to kind of hold off on dropping some of this info that I just came across last night that was shared with me. And, and we were laughing because we have Elizabeth the Warren. Uh, Elizabeth, I got a plan for that Warren making fun of crypto. You got Bitcoin calling it a pet rock or Charlie Munger. What, all these guys making fun of it, right? But behind the scenes, we're pulling patents from 2014, 2016. Patents that every major company are referring to. I, I mean, I, I can't speak on it any further, but I'll just say together uh this weekend i'm gonna be getting together with jake and we're gonna be going over some interesting stuff and i'll just leave it at that folks but remember keep your eyes on the prize folks because this is moving quickly now let's continue ethereum shanghai upgrade officially goes live enabling over 34.5 billion in staked eth to be withdrawn look out folks look out we've been watching about this looking for this one to happen it is finally here and i would watch this one closely now Yesterday, it was announced that uh, eToro was going to enable Twitter to get people access to stocks and crypto. So Digital Asset Investor goes back into the Wayback Machine and finds this article. eToro was in discussions about Flare and with Ripple. Yesterday, Coinbase finally drops the Flare, and today Twitter announces a partnership with eToro. So it's going to be interesting to see how far this goes with Elon the Musk, his everything app, x.com, what his true ambitions are. He partners up with eToro. And uh, there was like a few other tweets that DAI had shared too of the the founder, the CEO of eToro, like partying with Ripple. It's, you know, Ripple Swell Conference uh, at the when, when they brought Snoop Dogg to Swell and stuff like that. Uh, pictures with Chris Larson. So they're very close and they've been in talks and uh, there's many in much speculation. I'm not going to add to it, but there definitely is some ties there. And the good news is if you had your XRP on Coinbase and for the Flare snapshot, uh, you finally should have received some Flare. I finally received some as well. And remember, it's going to be a small amount because I think the first distribution is only like 15% of what we're going to get total. So uh, there's going to be a lot of flair hopefully coming our way over the next couple years. I don't, I can't remember how long the timeline has been. I got to go back and look at it. But 
I finally received some of my flair from Coinbase, so I guess maybe I won't have to join the class action lawsuit that Fred Rispoli's putting on. Huge shout out to Fred Rispoli for doing that. Um, but they need to give us the Songbird too, so we're not done. They need to complete the flare airdrop, and then we need to get that Songbird as well. But Coinbase, as I predicted, they're finally getting their act together. I, I, I always just thought there's too much for them to lose. If they mess with the XRP community, they're messing with one of the, the, the biggest communities in the cryptocurrency space. And everybody else is going to look at that and pull their money off the platform as well. Now, let's get right into it, folks. It's very interesting to watch all these Ripple connections and partners and, and extended family that, that we call it, you know, second cousin, twice removed, whatever it is. All roads tend to lead back to Ripple when we look at these partnerships, these deals. The light shines in the darkness. Matthew L-I-N-Y on Twitter shares this one. Capital Bank goes live with Finastra to scale up corporate banking. Finastra is a Ripple partner. We chose Finastra due to its premium interfaces, seamless integrations with Swift and our internal systems, as well as its fast bulk payment. Manage cross-border payments easier with RippleNet via Fusion Total Messaging. Okay, so Finastra and Ripple partnered up, and now we see Capital Bank going live to scale up corporate banking. And you guys know that Ripple's been touting corporate treasury management as well. And then we see this one. Ratha Kahneman, original Ripple Odeo user SendFriend, acquired compliance company DigiPly and states, our top priority is to provide U.S. dollar solutions to banks that have been a victim of de-risking and prove to the sponsoring banks that we can do this in a compliant way. Now you go down here, SendFriend uses on-demand liquidity to save customers up to 80% in remittances. So they weren't just the RippleNet. It wasn't just RippleNet. It wasn't just Ripple's tech. ODL XRP, right? So understand the distinction. And yes, a true RippleNet. And, and this is it, guys. As soon as you get them on the RippleNet, all it takes is you flip the switch and you start settling ODL XRP and you save up to 80% in remittances. How do you wipe out your competition in the cross-border payments space? You offer a payment that is 80% cheaper than the traditional systems. Now, another one for you guys. Another one here. This one was found by Stevie Ripple. Nice one, Ripple. So it, ye yesterday it was announced, uh, April 11th, two days ago. MasterCard introduces Cross-Border Services Express, a new tool that enables banks, excuse me, a new tool that enables banks to set up international payments for their customers. Well, Stevie Ripple finds this one. MasterCard is collaborating with leading fintechs, Fable Fintech and pay all payment systems to deliver this light touch quick to market solution through a seamless user interface that meets customers increasing expectations for digital experiences well what did stevie find over here stevie found this one support services to assist with every step of the cross-border transaction process this is from fable fintech's website swift automation and ripple integration let me show you guys that right there Ripple integration, inbuilt components to integrate seamlessly with the Ripple platform and leverage the blockchain infrastructure. There you have it. So many connections. And remember, one of the, I forget who from MasterCard was actually speaking at Ripple Swell Conference, but don't forget that one too. So many connections. And as we say, all roads do lead back to Ripple, right? It's like everyone has been tapped in with Swift, over 11,000 member banks, right? $6 trillion daily. 
And now you're just starting to see more and more of that, that integration moving to Ripple. And they're doing both, right? There's a place for both of them. But what does Ripple's solution with XRP on demand liquidity offer? 80% cheaper remittances. Now, Ratha Kahneman put out this, and I, I definitely agree with his sentiment right here, his little theory. His theory is that more embedded RippleNet is in financial infrastructure, the more difficult it is to find news about its use outside of Ripple's PR. Ubiquity and infrastructure are uninteresting and not marketed much. And so this is that behind the scenes, right? The wholesale level, the higher level, not retail front end facing necessarily, but all back end. And I agree, right? You, you start to see and you look closely. Oh, RippleNet partner here. Oh, this partner that uses ODL is now partnering up with MasterCard. So many connect MasterCard speaking at Swell, right? And and so I just continue to say all roads do lead back to Ripple. And, you know, um, a lot of people still still are hating and saying that they're using Ripple's tech, not using XRP. But that's not true because now we've been updated, right? from Brad Garlinghouse at the World Economic Forum, 60% of settlement on RippleNet is now ODL XRP. And that was confirmed by Neil Hartner, who was the senior software engineer at Ripple right now for ODL. Over half of the transactions on RippleNet are now XRP ODL. And continuing on with their fantastic work, Ripple now funds 45 plus universities and a thousand research projects. So for all the hate, all the people that are hating on Ripple, this and that, you can't, you cannot dismiss the work and the investments that they're putting in. They did a $250 million NFT fund. All of their charity work continues on 45 plus universities and a thousand research projects from Ripple alone. That's, that's making moves, right? Now I wanted to share this one too. Mac Attack shared this article from zycrypto.com is xrp on the verge of a parabolic rise following this game-changing ripple deal and the answer is yes i'm not going to share the article but just to reiterate the point folks the mainstream is going to be too late by the time this hits cnbc by the time it's hitting mainstream crypto which it's it's finally starting to hit mainstream crypto they hadn't been talking about the case for two plus years now they're finally starting to talk about the case once again you know bitboy cryptos saying that the case is coming here shortly as well and so uh, the, the excitement is going to be there, folks, to take this thing somewhere fun. I don't know what the price prediction is. Yesterday, I shared some charts all the way up to $13 to $27 from EG Reg Crypto. That's fun. That's exciting. That definitely turns me on. But uh, regardless, we're going to go somewhere fun. And you're seeing the, the anticipation is already building. And the excitement is definitely there. And we have a couple predictions here from John Deaton in regards to this lawsuit ending. Folks, check it out. Here we go. John Deaton says, I'm confident that the judge will say the XRP secondary market sales are not in play. The secondary market sales are not securities, that the token itself is not a security, said Deaton. That's right. Our man right there, John Deaton, making a strong prediction about Judge Torres' ruling. But that's not it, folks. John continues. In regards to retweeting out Digital Perspectives XRP Las Vegas, which is now sold out. It is sold out. I'm fairly certain people will be drinking cocktails at the Vegas XRP event. Reasons. Number one, the decision comes down before the event and it is great news. Two, the decision comes down before the event and it is terrible news. Or three, we are still waiting for the decision. 
and I am looking forward to having a couple cocktails, a couple of drinks with my good friend, John Dean, Brad Kimes from Digital Perspectives and others. And we are doing a little secret secret spot meetup for the Discord community, and I'm really looking forward. It's going to be two years now of having my Discord community, so I'm really looking forward to finally meeting some of these people. Some of these people that I consider family, we get to finally meet in person, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So if you guys are uh, going to be coming to the convention or, or to XRP Vegas, I look forward to meeting you guys there. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, if you do want to get in, involved in the Discord community, it's over at my website, ZachRector.com. And right now we're running a special where if you sign up for one year in advance, you get to save 16% on your membership fee. Uh, and that's through Patreon. Okay, You get to save 16% when you pay for a year up front. And you're going to get a free 30-minute one-on-one session with myself. Okay, So head on over to my website, ZachRector.com. We can get you your cryptocurrency, your precious metals, and you can get tapped in with the community. And I cannot wait to meet you guys in Vegas. And God willing, please... Give us that summary judgment ruling before we go down to Vegas because it's going to be a fun. It's going to be fun regardless, but it would be fun to celebrate a little victory. That's for sure. And um, you know, as far as what XRP price could be doing at that point, it could be a little bit fun. We we might have a little bit extra to gamble with. We'll see. Um, but nonetheless, folks, uh, appreciate you guys for tuning in with me this morning. And I am going to uh, run at this point. But thank you so much. Like I said, if you haven't already, please smash that thumbs up on the way out. Everything's at my website, ZachRicker.com, and I will see you guys in the next one, okay? Thank you very much. God bless you all. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Greatest Transfer of Wealth with your host, Zach Rector. Please remember to follow us over on Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and Rumble. To get in touch, please just head on over to ZachRector.com. You can check out all of our affiliate links and get access to our exclusive Discord community over at the website. We appreciate all of you for tuning in. And all that we ask is that you share this message with other like-minded individuals. If you appreciate the show, feel free to go ahead and leave us a five-star review. We will see you in the next one. Take care and God bless.